Welcome to The Bibliophiles, the official podcast of Big Little Literature. I'm your host, Beth Stephens, and I'm here to provide real lit feels for real lit lovers. Hello, book lovers. Welcome to another episode of The Bibliophiles. My name is Beth Stephens, and I am your host. And I'm very excited for my guest today because I got to say, I didn't know if I would ever get this person on the podcast or really even read a book. So I'm very excited to introduce my father, Kent Steffens. Welcome to the show, Dad. Thanks, Beth. How are you? Not too bad. We're self-quarantining right now, so I'm glad that we have books, podcasts, and blogging to keep us busy. Right. So have you ever listened to a podcast before? No. So this is your very first one? Very first one. Oh my God, I'm so excited for you. So when I decided back in the fall that I was going to start this podcast, I kind of guilted dad into doing it, and he even said he wouldn't, but then I ordered him a book online and forced him to read it. And the book that I bought him was Friday Night Lights by H.G. Bissinger, or Buzz Buzz Bissinger, as some people may know him as. And this was a book that I read, let's see, about six years ago. It was the very first book that I got with my uh, Brooklyn Public Library card, and I was super excited about it, and I convinced Dad to read it. This is a nonfiction book. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. It follows. It's a sports book, and it follows a high school football team in West Texas known as the Permian Panthers, and this team is really touted as as the you know the winningest team in, in Texas football history, and if you know anything about Texas, you know they love their football. And they they love it almost to an unhealthy extent. So Bissinger um, follows this team in the 1980s, and it's supposed to be, you know, the best season. They're definitely going to go to state. They're definitely going to win the state championship, and anything less than that is unacceptable. So he follows six of the main players, and he really, he covers the whole town, actually, and all of um, their obsession with football, uh, this, the social economic crisis that's happening in the town and all of these negative factors that are happening and kind of because they're so obsessed with football. So dad, on a scale of one to, of one to five, which is our flame worthiness scale um, here at the Bibliophiles, what would you rate this book? I would rate it a five. I really enjoyed it. It actually did not take me very long at all to read it. Once I got going on it, it was very interesting. So I would, I also really liked it. I liked it the first time I read it. And I think I probably had a greater appreciation because I I did reread this um, after you did. I would, I would give it a four. So what do you think your favorite part of the book was? How Buzz went in depth on the six main characters, uh, the players on the football team. Did you feel, so I felt like when I was reading it, because he did go so in depth with those characters that I... Like, I got to know them, or like, I knew who they were in, in real life. Did you have that same feeling? Uh, yes, I did. And I read the 25th edition, which he went back to see what the six players were doing. And I was really fascinated by how all six of these guys turned out 25 years later. Yeah, I, so I read that article, too. Were you surprised at, like, where their lives are now? Some of them I was. Um, a couple of them I really wasn't. And none of them are playing football, or I don't. I think only one of them tried to play in college, and it was a really small school, and he, he may have dropped out even. One played in junior college. One did play Division One football for a year and a half, two years. He got hurt, dropped on the depth chart, and he got frustrated with it and wound up quitting. 
Oh, that's right. Wasn't he the one who was going to become a pastor? And then, like, he got so excited with football his senior year, he decided to pursue it in college. Yes, he really liked playing, but there's parts of it he didn't really like. And once he found out he had a chance to play Division One, then he decided he really liked that a lot more than being a preacher. So he tried that, but he wound up being a truck driver. So my favorite part of the book was that it. I really felt like it was a social commentary rather than a book about sports. And don't get me wrong, I love I love books that are about sports. But it really said something deeper about the community and how we as a society view sports. And when I was home over Christmas, I was telling you and my sister Erin about this, and you guys laughed at me. Do you think that that comment of mine has any validity? Do you believe that at all? Or do you view this purely as a sports book? No, it was more than a sports book. There was a lot of social commentary about the way life was in West Texas back in the 1980s. But really, I would argue, like, in some ways, I think our attitudes towards sports have changed. But to some extent, I don't think there's been that much change since the 1980s. What do you think? I believe it has changed some, but in a lot of ways it hasn't. I believe even more these days, parents get so involved in their kids' sports that it's basically ruining sports for kids. Yeah, it's almost like it, it takes the fun out of it. And I think you can see that a little bit in Friday Night Lights, too. Like, back in the 80s, it it doesn't really seem like a fun game that high schoolers are playing. It's, it's more like their job and their sole responsibility in life. It was their sole job. They took classes their senior year that were easy, so they could basically concentrate solely on football. Um, they worked year-round. They probably worked harder for their team than college kids did for their team. Mm-hmm. But it was it was so sad to see, like, the town was so obsessed with with this team that they, they let these kids get away with everything. Like, if I would have gone to that school and seen, like, the easy classes these kids could take and everything they got away with, like, I would have been infuriated if I were those, if I were those, um, their peers in class. Yeah, uh, if I had been going back in them days, I'm sure I would have got... I was sure I would have gotten into a lot of trouble. You would have gotten into a lot of trouble, or you would have been mad about the kids who weren't getting into a lot of trouble? I would have been one of the kids on the football team. So let's talk about that for a minute, because you played football in high school, right? Yes. What position did you play? I was a defensive tackle and an offensive guard. So, Dad, can you um, relive for our audience here um, your one and only touchdown play in high school? I think it's worth retelling. The other, it was the first game of my senior year. As you know, I'm a lineman, so I never get to touch the ball. The other team punted, or was going to punt. There was a bad snap, so the punter took off running. He got hit. He fumbled. ball took one bounce, bounced right in my arms, and I ran about 30 yards for a touchdown. It was the throw of a lifetime. (laughs) But as I'm standing in the end zone, in all my glory, I turn around and see the ref with a flag in his hand. Someone on my team... 15 yards behind me, clipped a guy, and the play got called back. So I had my moment of glory for a few minutes, but it didn't even count. Oh, my God. This is your one time to call out this person after all of these years. Would you like to give his name? Who ruined your moment of glory? Yeah, it was Jim Brown. (laughs) You have no shame whatsoever. (laughs) He caught a lot of hell from me for it, too. Oh, I've heard this story so many times. Every single time I hear it, it still makes me laugh and cry a little bit because it's so funny. 
but going back to the book and this unhealthy obsession we have with youth, with youth sports, I do think the pendulum has swung a little bit in the other way, which is also unhealthy. And I think we parents still have this unhealthy obsession with their kids' sports, but they also have it with just like their kids' general success. So prestigious education, like getting the best job, like anything like that. I feel like parents are so obsessed with their kids succeeding and having the highest level of success. Have you seen that as you've interacted with parents over the years? I think parents just want the best for the kids, but there are a lot of parents who go way overboard instead of letting their kids try and figure out for themselves. If they have money, they're using their money to try and help their kids get ahead. Well, I'm grateful that you and mom never never did that for the three of us. I mean, you always wanted us to play sports, but there was never pressure to do anything or never pressured us to play any sport in particular. It was really whatever made us happy. And then I remember when I decided I didn't want to play volleyball in college, you and mom were super supportive. And that's, it's just like a totally different vibe, I feel, than like what even happened with these kids back in the 1980s. Like their parents, I don't know if they wanted the best for them. They just wanted them to be super successful at football. Right, right. I will say one positive thing about this for within Friday Night Lights is that there's no really mention of points for participation. I think that's a true negative we see now in today's society where as long as you participate, you get a trophy and you did really great and it takes a little bit of a little bit away from that healthy competitive spirit and like honestly just learning that you're not perfect and you lose. So that was a little refreshing to read about even though I think these people took it too far. I hate trophy participation. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. Um, I think when you do something, you do need to play to try and win. It's just always the way I've been. Uh, people just take it too far is a problem. I mean, yeah, even as, I, a, as kids, I we would... the whole getting a trophy for participating. Which we definitely got as kids in Little League. I think we got a trophy every single year, even though a few years I ha- was on a team that never won a game. Yeah, that team was really great, Beth. <laughs> I have a really unhealthy pattern of being on teams that never won games. <laughs> but they always gave me some kind of trophy for it. I don't know why. So um, after I've seen the movie. So there's a movie. There's also a TV show. I've seen both of them. I really like the TV show, but I didn't have time to rewatch it. I did, however, rewatch the movie. Did, did you rewatch the movie after you read the book? I have not watched it since. I've watched it three or four times before I read the book. I really enjoyed the movie. Do you like the movie more than the book? I don't know if I liked it more. It's it's probably about equal. Uh, There was parts of the movie that I thought, talking about the players, the main characters, uh, the movie really portrayed them as they really were. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you don't see that in movies. Of course, some of the movie with the games and stuff uh, didn't follow way it actually happened but right uh as far as the players go i thought it portrayed them pretty well the way they were i do think though the movie and this is why i prefer the book over the movie is that it doesn't dive into that aspect of social commentary i was talking about so they touch on some issues of of um like the one guy's dad is an alcoholic and he's very obsessed with his son's successful football career and there are some things like that, but I feel like it's pretty surface level and they don't dive into that. It's very much more about like the actual game and them winning than, than in the book itself. Right, but when you only get a two-hour movie, it's kind of hard to really go in-depth and something like that. That's valid. I also think the movie doesn't portray the racism the same way that 
the book does. And I think the, the book is just has a much more accurate portrayal. I mean, in the book, Booby Miles, who is the star running back at the start of the season, he then um, tears, I think he tears his ACL, right? Yes. So after he does that, he's pretty much out for the season, even though they try to, he tries to come back. But after that happens, he's pretty much shunned from the whole community. And I mean, a lot of that is because he's black, but in the book or in the movie, you don't really see that. Like they still kind of treat him as part of the family and you don't see like there's just some really nasty racist language in the book that is very much accurate for that time. And I didn't come across in the movie and I wish it had. Right. But the way Booby was treated, I mean, that's kind of the way big time football is. If you can't play, they just throw you away. There's probably hundreds to thousands movie miles in this country every year in high school. Which just shows that we're putting like too much emphasis on the sport itself. Like if you don't if you can't play the sport then you're kind of a nobody and that's so sad. That's true. But you know, that even goes up into college level. As long as you can perform, they want you. But once you can't perform anymore, they'll just kick you to the side. One thing that I think was pretty similar both in the book and the movie was I think the, the language in my review was that Bissinger writes writes this as like a pick six and that it's which I was very proud of that of that phrase. And it's it's very exciting. You can like feel the anxiety and the tension, like like you're within the crowd during these games. And I got the same feeling while watching the movie too. And I think that's one of the most powerful things a writer can do is like really put you as the reader in that room, put you on that field and like you're you're biting your fingernails just like everybody else is. So in that moment you can kind of feel where all this excitement about the game comes from. Did you also feel that? Not as much as you did. Well we talked right before this that you don't really have emotion, so maybe that's why. <laughs> that's true, Beth. That's true. <laughs> um, I see where you're coming from. I mean, like that, I think it's one of the, it might be the very last chapter of the book um, when they're in that state playoff game. I mean, that chapter specifically, like, I, I felt like the, the clock was, was counting down in front of me and like I was anxious and I, I know what happens in this book and to still be able to feel those emotions gives, that just gives a lot of credit to Bissinger as a writer and a storyteller. It does. That last playoff game that they lost, you really felt with the writing that they were going to drive for the winning touchdown. Because that's, that's the way it's supposed to be for the team. Mm-hmm. But then they just come up one play short. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very well-written book. Yeah, I think he's a he's a really great author. Um, I, you brought up the 25th anniversary story that I think was written in Sports Illustrated. And same thing with that one. I thought the writing was very good. And he really portrays these people um, in the most honest light possible, which I can respect. Right. So going away from the book a little bit, um, you don't read that often, do you? I read the sports section. (laughs) And I get online and read. So is it... I do not read books. Is it safe to say that, in general, you... Like, sports is the main thing you read? Yes, it is. Are you... Do you think this experience of reading Friday Night Lights has inspired you to read other books? I might read another book. (laughs) But. Just so everybody knows, so we are recording this during the self-quarantine of uh, coronavirus, and I ordered my parents some books because there's no sports on TV, and I, I know that's not healthy for my dad. And when... Well, no, there's plenty of sports. It's all reruns of past sporting events. And how many times have you watched the Blues win the Stanley Cup? <sighs> Too many times to count. <laughs> I'm sure mom has a specific number. But when these books got to my parents, my mom was super excited. And then dad was like, oh, does this mean I have to read more books? 
That was I'll, have, I'll, I'll have more time. Although it is getting warmer outside, nice, nicer outside, so I can do stuff. So, so you might I'll be doing that. Another book bath. So real quick, I wanted to talk about some of the great sports stories um, and history. So I love a good sports movie. I love Remember the Titans, Field of Dreams. What are some of your favorite sports stories, whether that's in, in books, which you don't read very much, or in movies or TV shows? It's kind of funny. Remember the Titans is probably my favorite sports movie. Ooh, interesting. I would have thought you did not like that because there are more emotions in that movie. No, it was a good sports story. Yeah, that is. I think that's one of the best sports stories, and Denzel Washington's just the best. Also, Coach Carter. Oh, that's a very good movie. Yeah, that's a good one too. Any others? Uh, the Natural. Of course, that's kind of a fairy tale thing, but it's still a good sports movie. So I've read that book, but I don't think I've seen the movie. So I'll have to do that. It's a good movie. You need to watch it. Is that the one with Robert Redford? Yeah. Okay. If you read a book, I will watch the movie. Deal. Okay. Okay, we have a deal. You heard it here, listeners. If I watch a movie, then Dad is going to read a book for us. All right, Dad. Well, thank you so much for for reading Friday Night Lights and for coming on the Bibliophiles to talk about it. It's been such a blast talking with you um, over this episode. You're quite welcome, Beth. I've enjoyed it. Good. And hopefully this inspires you to read more. I probably will. (laughs) All right. Thanks, listeners. We'll see you next time. See you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Bibliophiles. If you want more, be sure to check out my blog, Big Little Literature. If you want to hear today's music from Evan Schaefer, check him out at soundcloud.com slash evanschaefer. See you next time.